Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to the 49er Faithful UK show. Tonight I'm joined by Najee Karat, Paul Hope and first time guest Adam Fishlock. Evening guys. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So tonight we're going to be talking about the Giants game coming up on Sunday. We'll more than likely go back into the game against the Jets and um, the controversial, well is it controversial, the potential change at quarterback to Nick Mullins to rest Jimmy Garoppolo's ankle. But before we do that, Adam, do you want to introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, how long you've been a Niner fan and why you became a Niner fan? Sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, name's Adam. Uh, been a Niner fan since Super Bowl 23. Uh, not your stereotypical glory hunter. I actually picked the Niners before that game. Um, and then as they won, I thought, man, I'll stay with them. Um, but I guess I've been with them through the glory days, through the dark days, through the uh, hardball days. And, and now, you know, it seems to be getting good again. Um, purely I became a Niner fan as I say just because I had to pick a team 49ers or Bengals um, and uh, I preferred Montana and Rice to Esiason and whoever else they had Collinsworth probably at that time yeah yeah that's right so whereabouts in the UK are you from Adam? sorry yeah I am um, uh, currently live in Kent grew up in in Crawley um, but uh, so yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a southern Southern monkey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so how long since you left Crawley? Uh, only like February time. Um, oh, right. So yeah. very recently. Yeah, just recently. Yeah. I uh, got married last year and uh, had my first child um, beginning of this year. And so moved to Kent so it could be closer to my wife's family. And I suppose it's an upgrade on Crawley. I worked down in Crawley for 18 months. wasn't the uh, best really? of places. Yeah. What I like to say about Crawley is... is it's it's got uh, it's got it's got its bad places, but so is everyone else. Uh, so is everywhere else, you know. Um, but location wise, you can't fault it really. You know, right next to Gatwick, yeah. twenty minutes away from Brighton, uh, half an hour away from London. But I mean, yeah, Kent. What do they call it? The Garden of England. So it's very picturesque, <laughs> and the house is definitely an upgrade. Otherwise, I wouldn't have moved. So when I worked down in Crawley, I was down there as a contractor. Um, I was down there with thirty, forty other other blocks, um, all staying in um, the Crown Plaza, just off the bottom of Manor Royal. So you come out Manor Royal, go into the yeah. town centre, yeah. Um, yeah. And we used to go to Charlie Choi's pretty much every night, the international <laughs> buffet place, because it was as cheap as chips and you could eat as much yeah. as you want. Yeah. But I've actually got fun worse. memories of Crawley. Well, well, that's good because I said that's probably not the best representation of Crawley. No, it's, it's <laughs> not. Choice. Yeah, it's not, but it was nice and cheap. Okay, Najee, for the second week in a row, we facing a rookie left tackle taken in the first round. But this time we're doing it without our defensive rookie of the year. Can we get pressure to Daniel Jones? And what is, and where is the pressure coming from? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we're obviously going to sorely miss Nick Bosa. Um defensive rookie of the year uh, last year so we're gonna have to find ways to put pressure um because 
the, the Giants are quite depleted as well. Um, unfortunately, we lost Saquon Barkley. I say unfortunately because it's it's never nice to see good players go away from the game and it, it just makes the whole NFL worse. So that's a shame. They're also missing uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, probably their number one wide out. So I think pressure is going to be key because um, Daniel Jones is uh, going to take a little bit more time to find people he's not used to play with or has a bit less chemistry. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful Armstead uh, can step up. I think he, he had a tremendous game against the Jets. Uh, we didn't talk about it in a, in a review because we had, well, we had quite a lot to talk about, obviously. Um, but he had his first sack of the season. Um, he had a couple of pressure, a couple of hits on Donald. So I'm I'm hoping him um, and DJ Jones, who seem to be uh, practicing or on, on his way back to fully practicing soon, can can pressure up the middle, um, which which will help uh, you know Hyder and Ansa if he's playing. I don't, I don't know the extent he's going to play. Um, and and obviously my my favorite player, my boy uh, Fred Warner, is probably going to bring some blitzes and and put some pressure on on Daniel Jones. Um, there's tons of stats out there, but I think I think the most um, important in this game is that without Barkley, the Giants score 16 points per game on average. Um, they did last year in, anyway. So I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I think this feels very much like the exact same game, except that instead of playing green people, we're playing blue people. Paul? No, I agree with Naji. Um, like you said, it's a shame Barkley's not playing because he's injured. Um, I don't know too much about the Giants. Um, Golden Tate probably springs to mind now. Sterling Shepard's out. Looking at our injury report, I think Lee's got a sound bite. He could play when we're all watching the uh, injury report. But I'm not sure what. I... <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what do you What do you think, Adam, heading into this Sunday's game? Yeah, I'm going to be slightly controversial. I'm going to say I'm quite quite glad Barkley's out, but that's purely because of the, all the injuries we suffered last week. You know, as you guys say, it's never nice to see a quality player get injured, but I think it's uh, it's levelled the playing field a little bit. Um, I think uh, it's going to be important for our, our backers to step up, get a bit more pressure. Um, but I also wonder whether with with Bosa out, because he's usually double team triple teamed that there might be more some more one-on-one matchups for for whoever his replacement's going to be um so perhaps the the pressure might come from from the lack of um double teaming his replacement so other than the rookie left tackle andrew thomas the giants all line doesn't particularly look that strong and uh, it does look as though it's a, it's a game where we, we could get the experience of bringing in these guys that are going to step up and uh, fill in for Borsa and potentially get some pressure. S- certainly up the middle. I mean, what, what we realised from the Cardinals game on, what I found very surprising, was that they were actually double-teaming Kinlaw instead of Borsa, which I, I thought was unusual. And I can only put down to the size of Kinlaw because <laughs> the guy's a mountain. He, he's absolutely huge. So I, th- I think we can definitely get pressure to the quarterback without a shadow of a doubt. I'm siding with Adam on this. I'm I'm over the moon that Barkley's not played. <laughs> I, I'd have rather him just miss the game. I mean, like you said, it's, yeah. it's it's not great players of that calibre going out for the full season. But I am, I am really glad that he's not going to play 
because for me, it, it's not going to be us stopping their offense. That's the problem. It's our offense getting past their defense. It might not be a whole unit, the Giants' defense, but they do have a very good defensive line. What, what do you make of the defensive line? Who, who do you think is the best on their defensive line? Because they've got some really good players there. Um, I mean, there's no big names uh, that jumps, uh, apart from Leonard Williams, maybe. Um, obviously, just uh, Chelsea's jersey, stayed in the same house, used to play for the Jets. He's a good player. Um, he's a guy in the middle that can disrupt disrupt um, quite a lot of things. But if you look at the name, uh, uh, nothing is nothing is that scary. Um, I think Dexter Lawrence is a is a decent player. He was very yeah. good when he was at Clemson. Um, big people. I think I think I think the it, this game reminds me a little bit of the Bengals game last year, where on paper you look at their defense and it's. It's a good unit, but there's nothing that jumps out that scares you. There's nothing that we can't, our team can't handle. Um, I know we're missing a lot of pieces, so, so many pieces. Uh, I don't think Jimmy's going to play. I think uh, it's probably best to rest him for this week and have him full strength back as soon as possible. Um, I think Mullins showed enough to me um, that he can win this game. So. I'm I'm happy that Jimmy's not practicing and Mullins can get some reps because he's going to need it. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned about us missing Mostar. I think I think his speed is vastly underrated. He's the fastest player in the NFL by quite a margin. Um, they always talk about Tyreek Hill and speed kills, and every time we talk about the Chiefs, they talk about speed and when they talk about us, they don't even mention it, which is kind of insulting sometimes, but it is it is what it is. But he recorded a 23, over 23 miles an hour on that touchdown and the 80 yard on um, against the Jets. So I think we're going to miss that. I'm super excited for Jet. Um, he's getting, he's going to get the full bulk of the carries, and that's that's awesome. I'm just super scared. I think I think we all are playing in the same stadium, on the same surface, which apparently the NFL said was okay. Um, which the team will assess on Sunday, I think. Uh, but I think we're all going to hold our breath every time we're on offense and somebody gets tackled. Um, I think that's going to be the, the nature of the game. And get your candles out, get your praise out, get everything, whatever religion you are, start praying now. Uh, whatever superstition you have, start. Please, please, let's let's not have any more injury. That I think that's what we're, that, uh, we're all going to watch the game with our fingers crossed, our toes crossed and hope that everything goes well. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I don't think they can stop us. I think Kyle is too clever. And if Kittle's back, there's not a chance they can stop us. Do you think Kittle's going to play, Paul, Adam? What do you think, Adam? Um, I swear, one of those things where it's uh, you, you hope he's going to play, but then... I mean, similar to Jimmy, really, you don't want to don't want him rushing back um, for a game that potentially, you know, we should be able to win without him. Um, you know, I just want to pick up on on um, an important player. I think the Giants have not necessarily a splashy pickup in the off season, but their middle linebacker is a quality player, uh, Blake Martinez. Um, 
getting sort of double digit tackles on a on a regular basis and with most. So the funny thing with... is, Blake Blake Martinez is actually year after year one of the lowest graded PFF linebacker. Um, all the tackle he gets is usually after quite a lot of yards. I know I know the stats show the show loads, but he's not actually a good linebacker. I've, in my eyes, anyway, I think no, he's always you just, late. You just hear them because he's from Stanford. No. That... <laughs> it, it, this is a Pac-12 thing, this. Yeah. You hear them because he's from Stanford. <laughs> do you not think no, Carl's, um... Carl's going to go after him in coverage, though? Because like what you said there, Nadji, I think the stats show when he's targeted, I think Kyle's going to identify that as a weak link, possibly, especially if Kittle is back. Do you think he couldn't compete with Kittle? Well, I think I think he's going to have nightmares. He he played he played us twice last year, and um, you know the Packers let him go for a reason. So I I don't have, I really don't think he's a good player. But um, as I said, I think the defense has names like Farkroll and you know Jabbar Peppers and Logan Ryan, but all of these names don't ever really done anything. On their own, they've always been part of a very, very good defense. They've got another name that you might recognize, Adrian yeah, Colbert. It. Yeah, yeah, he's he's third stringer. That's so yeah, sure yeah. I don't think you're getting play time. He's supposed to be playing, but he's also injured apparently. But yeah, I think even even though we're missing so many pieces, I I feel very confident with Nick Mullins um, that we can we can win this game. Uh, Maybe not as comfortably as the Jets did, um, but but somewhat comfortably. I think their coach is obviously a first-year coach. Um, I don't want to. I, I think he's a better coach than Adam Gase, but just purely because he was taller than Belichick. But uh, it's a first-year coach. I don't think he's he's going to realize what hits him uh, when Carl comes out with all this weird formation and his. Um, a game plan specifically designed for Mullins and to attack, you know, all of their um, all of their weaknesses. Do you think the uh, the game plan will change that much with the switch from Jimmy to Mullins? No, I, I think the advantage we've got is Mullins hasn't just been called up off the street. He's been in the team. He's played. He's played under Kyle. And I think Kyle will open the playbook up and I think he'll design the plays. He, he's an attacker of schemes, Kyle Shanahan. He's going to look at the Giants, like Nadji said, first-year coach, and he's going to think, right, I need to put Nick Mullins in the best place to get us the ball down the field. Now, Nick didn't look great when he came into the game last week. But again, Nadji touched upon it in the show last week. We didn't have many reps in the preseason. He's got that under his belt now. and He's had this week of practice. And I think Carl will, will, will design it where he's like, right, Nick, if that guy goes that way, give the ball to John Reed. If he goes that way, give the ball to Jack McKinnon. So I'm very confident in the pairing of Carl Shanahan and Nick Mullins. I think Carl spoke very highly of Nick in his press conference. He's alluded to him basically being part of the coaching staff and they're very impressed. I think they were talking about a player last year when he was on the practice squad and he played free safety and the players all carried him off afterwards. They were saying he's got that team mentality first. And I think he will protect the ball better on Sunday. That's my opinion. I think we're going to be all right on Sunday with Kyle and Nick. Do you think Sanu's going to play a bigger part this week? Well, do you think he's actually going to play a part, not a bigger part? Yeah, I think so. I think we touched on it in a review show. I think that was. Um, I think Pettis done. I think maybe Pettis will start 
um, and he's going to have a quarter to prove anything. Um, and after that, it's going to be uh, it, it will be a Yukon Sanu and Bone out there. I think. Um, I think we know again. We didn't talk about it, but Krennic Bone. He's a, he had a massive game on Sunday. So many catches, so many important third down conversion. Um, as a number one as well for once, which is uh, obviously not accustomed to. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I said to, I can't remember when exactly, but I said I didn't think he was a number one nor a number two. I thought he was very good when he was a number three, and and he rose up to the challenge and he had a good game. So, yeah, I think I think Sanu can get some reps. Um, it's hard to say without seeing how many how many he get in practice and how much he actually knows. And but I, I think he'll get a shot or two, especially if the game is, you know, quite one-sided. Um, I expect him to get to get in there and uh, try and start building a bit of chemistry with with the quarterbacks. Ayuk Ayuk had a decent out out in last week. Two two receptions for I think twenty yards, um, but he was always in. A very good position when he was on the field. He he managed to get separation. Um, he didn't always get the ball. Obviously, he only uh, he was only targeted twice. I think he, he took in both targets that he got. What type of progression are we expecting to see from Ayuk this week? Are we expecting him to be targeted more? Uh, I would hope so. Um, I think maybe last week, you know, playing it a bit safe with his first game back. But I think, you know, um, he's got to he's got to be involved. Sooner or later, you know, you didn't, we didn't um, move up in the first round to get him to kind of, you know, have him be our number two or number three receiver. I think, you know, Carl knew what he wanted. He um, took, uh, to, uh, came up in the draft to take him, and I think it's it's time that we start getting him involved, maybe in a few more slant routes, um, and then. As, as everyone's saying, Carl has designed plays that will look the sim, look the same, look similar, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ayuk on the deep route. Um, I think uh, I think that's that's definitely something that we've missed over the last couple of years is a real real deep threat. Yeah, I agree. I think I I know he didn't have much to do in, in the Jets game, but the second catchy goal was. Was quite impressive the, the amount of yard he managed to get and break a tackle. It looked it looked like exactly what the kind of player that Debo is uh, just can make things happen in the open field. Yeah, I, I hope we can see a little bit more of him. Although it's if it's Nick, it's going to be difficult, right? Because again, they spent the last month and a half, two months working with Jimmy pretty much exclusively. Um, so do, do they have some kind of chemistry? Is he going to look for him? Is he going to it's such an unknown, right? Having a different quarterback um, being slotted in like this, but yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, it, 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 we're going to need him. Uh, we, you know, we don't have Mostar, we don't have Debo. If Kittle doesn't play, we're going to need to set up and play like a first rounder because um, because we're going to need these games. Are, we we need to win these games now. When because if we can win these games and still be in it when everybody comes back full strength and only missing Bossa and Thomas, then, then we'll still be in good shape to uh, hopefully make the playoffs. So I was going to leave this question until later when we go into the predictions. But before we do that, and before we may as well ask it now, I'd like to know how the last two weeks has actually reset your expect expectations for the season, if it has at all. 
Well, to me, no, yes and no. I mean, I predicted 10 and 6, and purely because I know that this league is erratic and the margin is actually very small between teams, even though it doesn't look like it some, most of the time. Especially last Sunday, you see the what the Jets have done on, on offense and defense, and you're thinking that they're much, much, much worse than we are. But the, the margins aren't, aren't that you know spread apart. This isn't um, this isn't the Premier League, and whoever finishes first, second, and, and first, uh, I think there's it's it's way closer than we think. So every game is is a is a battle, is a war, and it's going to be difficult. So uh, let's say my expectations are pretty much the same. I think the path which we're going to take is has changed for in my mind. I think it's going to be it's going to be a bit closer than I than I've anticipated first. It's, it's more especially seeing the Cardinals and the Seahawks and the Rams playing the way they did. Uh, than us losing the first game, really. Um, uh, what do you think, Paul? I think I've gone back to where I was this time last season. So when we came into last season, I don't think any of us, other than Brian Davis, predicted the Super Bowl run. And I was taken each week. You know, we went one and all, two and all, three and all, four and all, and every week the excitement built, and it was like we're not going to lose. And then it, I carried that optimism over the start of this season. I think I mirrored Lee with the predictions. I was looking at like 14 and 2, 13 and 3. We're going to go all the way. I've reset it back to week to week. And anything that happens from here on, I'm looking at it as a bonus. Um, like you said, Nagy, Sunday we need to win. I don't care if it's pretty. I don't care if it's scrappy. I don't want any more injuries. And I'm just going on a week to week basis. And I believe if someone said to me now, 10 and 6, you sneak into the playoffs, no more injuries, I'd take it. I'm just going to see where the season takes us now. So I think I've reined in my expectations in that regard, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of similar on that as well. I can't remember what I predicted. I think I might have predicted um, 12 and 4, but I think I'll probably take a step back as well to 10 and 6. Um, I think, you know, I think, I think your stance of going week to week, I think is probably... Uh, the right way to approach it. I think it's such a week-to-week league and, and as last week proved, just one injury, let alone two, three, four, can change the outlook of your team season. So, um, yeah, I think what with uh, Murray having a, another year inside that offence, um, I think with um, the Seahawks deciding to let Russ throw it a bit more um, I think it could be that all four NFC West teams end up in the playoffs. <laughs> that would be that would be impressive. What do you think, then, Lee? Where's your expectation level at? So I've I've got a real fear that potentially we might finish last in the NFC West. But uh, Nick Boss is obviously going to be a huge, huge miss because we saw how important he was last season. Yeah, and what a big difference he made to the defense. But I think we do still have enough people, enough depth, definitely on the defensive line, to still make a run at the playoffs. And as I said in the group the other day, I think it's time for the offense to step up and take some of the pressure off the defense. I think it's time for when Jimmy gets back, um, once once he's over his ankle injury, to actually throw that ball a lot more than what we have been doing. 
And I think we're going to have to do that, given the fact that both Mostert and Coleman's are. We've now got Jeff Wilson and uh, Jarek McKinnon. I was quite surprised they didn't call up uh, Jermichael Hasty from the practice squad. Yeah, they've I was designated him as our They've designated him as our safe practice squad member this week, haven't they? They've got to designate one player a week that from your team. I read that. So I think it's the... I think he's in mind to be activated at very short notice if you know anything goes wrong on Sunday. Or yeah, it's interesting because I don't see Kyle entering the game without three or four running backs, um, at least three. So it's it's interesting that um, he hasn't promoted anyone, and I've even read reports that three uh, running backs like Paul Perkins were. were probably going to sign with us or a week or two. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I, after everything we heard in camp, um, and he was a good player, I was looking forward to to him being on, a, on the field at least. But Jed McKinnon and Jeff Wilson are, aren't bad players, so I'm not too too worried about it. Um, but I agree I agree with everybody here. I think, I think it's time for our offense to make, to, you know, to take the game in and show that they can win the game with our defense not playing as well. Although I'm looking forward to default to, you know, be the guy we actually signed to this massive contract and the trade because he hasn't been yet. Um, since he's been with us, he's been pretty much injured. He's still injured. He might not even play this week, but if he does, let's hope he can rise to, to Nick Boss's level and, and, you know, get some sack and get everybody going. When do you think we'll see default back on the field? Well, he didn't practice yesterday. Um, it looks like he has a neck injury or back injury. Um, I, I don't know. At this point, he's been out for so long and played no 100%. Um, I'm going to say again, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I don't work for the 49ers. I have no idea. Uh, soon, as soon as possible, because we're going to need players like, you know, of his caliber to, to play and play a high level. So, I hope he comes back soon and fully, fully, fully fit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely need a, an injection of motivation like that to get D Ford back on the field, back playing like he was the year before he actually signed for us for Kansas City, where he was pretty much playing at an elite level. He, he hasn't quite got there yet for, for ourselves, but he has carried the injuries. Um, this injury has come as a bit of a shock to everybody. I think it came as a bit of a shock to Carl Shanahan as well. Um, as you said, what started out as a bit of a neck injury, a neck spasm, has turned into a back injury. Um, but I don't think it can be that bad because they've given him medication for it rather than any sort of treatment or recommendation for surgery. They've basically given him some medication and said that that'll sort it. So it's almost as though he's had some sort of infection in his back. That's caused them issues. So it will be good to see him come back on the field. I must admit, I'm really looking forward to seeing Kerry Harder play and get a lot more snaps on, on Sunday and hopefully step up as a leader on the team. I think Kerry Harder and DJ Jones, for me, outside of Kinlaw and Armstead, are the two most important people that we have in the, the defensive line depth. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play again on um, Sunday night. I thought DJ Jones was excellent against the, the Jets. Hopefully he has another big game. I think Kerry Hyder was um, was good against the Jets as well. I think he really stepped up 
He did. Um, was quite impressed with him. Um, I think um, you know, as as the the season goes on, I think you know, uh, if we switch back to the offense, like Ayuk's only going to get better the more time he's got in the offense. You know, Debo comes back, he's going to add some strength. You know, most when most it comes back, when um, Kittle's one hundred percent. So I think you know our, our offense does still have a chance to be extremely explosive and. And keep defenses guessing you know, with you know with Carl, with all these extra tools for Carl to game plan around. Um, I think we, we could have a really explosive offense. Um, and the same goes for uh, as the season progresses. You know, I think Kindle's only going to get better as well. You know, he started to look really dis- disruptive last week. So, you know, we and Fred Warner as well. Actually, when he um, was asked going on blitzes, he looked like he's been chomping at the bit to get in there and do that. So. I think uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. What do you make of Quan Alexander's performances this season? I thought he had a so-so first game. I thought he was a bit of a step behind. Um, I think that's probably because Kyle Murray is just too fast. I thought he had an excellent game in against the Jets. Um, he got a bunch of tackle towards the sideline uh, in coverage, coverage tackles. Um yeah, I think he's ramping up as well. I think everybody is anyway. It's, you know, let's not forget that there was no preseason. So this is essentially, the next game is almost essentially the first actual game of the season, if if we think about it in terms of intensity of play. Um, yeah, I think he's getting there. Um, it's good to see because I don't think he was very good in a Super Bowl. I don't think... He should have played. I said it a million times, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, I think he was too he was too slow and not 100. Um, percent But yeah, I think the entire defense is playing really, really well. I think we just couldn't get off the field on in week one. We got tired. I think we played something like 82 snaps on on defense, which is ridiculously high for a week one. Anybody to still be fit by the end of the game. So. Yeah, um, everybody's going to be better. Um, they didn't travel back west as well, so they stayed east. I think that's going to be huge for us uh, in terms of resting, and at least we don't have to worry about plane getting, you know, bumped by trucks and being six hours delay and and all that. I I, I can see this this Sunday as a let's end this spell of bad luck that's happened the last you know ten days, fourteen days, and then we can we can move on and. Uh, Win, go home, play the Eagles, and focus on now and winning that game. That's that's a goal anyway. Yeah. Okay, so on to predictions. The over-under for the game is 41.5 points, which is exactly the same as the Jets game. Um, but this week we were only four-point favourites instead of seven-point favourites. And as it's your first time on the show, Adam, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> Great, thanks very much. Um, <laughs> I I think I actually think it is going to be quite close. I think um, you know we've we're extremely lucky to have Barkley out, having lost uh, two key members of the D line. I think we're extremely lucky to have uh, Shepard out, having lost uh, Sherman. So I'm going to go with a 49ers victory, obviously, um, and I'll go twenty. 20- Eight twenty-four. Oh, 
You yeah, next, Paul. Uh, oh, sorry, Nachi. Go on. Then. No, that's cool. I'll, t- I'll take that. I'll take anyway. No, no, Paul, you go ahead. I'll. Uh, no, I'm no just. Idea. I'm just laughing because I'm. I was between. I was between twenty-eight, twenty-one, and twenty-eight, twenty-four because I agree with Adam Adding and it's going to be close. I'm confident we're going to win, as every week you come on the podcast and you go forty-nine to win. But I'm going to agree with Adam tonight. I'm going to say twenty-eight, twenty-four as well. I think it is going to be that close on Sunday. It's interesting. I'll, I'll take the win. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think that I think Saquon Barkley is 99% of their offense, if not 100% of their offense. Um, and I don't think a first-year head coach has planned to have a successful offense with a second-year quarterback uh, without massive pieces like Shepard and, and, and Barkley. So I don't think it's going to be close. Um, the stat is that they score 16, 16 points on average uh, without Barkley. I'm going to give him less than that. I'm going to give him exactly like the Jets, uh, 14 points. Um, I think maybe Golden Tate can can have a couple. But K1 Williams has been excellent, so I, I expect them not to, to be able to do too much either. So uh, I think I think it's going to be... I'm going to be less than, than last week where I said 35-14. Uh, I think I'm going to say 28-14. Just because it's Nick Mullins, but um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. I think one of the touchdowns will be in garbage time at the end. So that is absolutely amazing. As it turns out, all four of us have gone for twenty-eight points for the Forty Niners, yeah. and I'm almost the same as Natty. So I, th- I don't think it's going to be as close as uh, Paul and Adam. I think it's going to be twenty-eight thirteen. I hope we stand corrected on the. Uh... Review sure to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, to be honest, as long as it's a win, it's a win. It, it no can injuries. be a close win. And no injuries, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, point. No, no injuries. injuries. I think yeah, I think that's what that's that's what everybody wants. I think if we can win by one point or whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as we don't lose anybody, we can get out of this stadium uh, unscuffed and fully, you know, with everybody fully fit, then I think everybody will be happy. I think it's really interesting that all four of us have picked 28 points for the 49ers. I don't think that's ever happened on any of the shows before where we've all agreed on what the 49ers score is going to be, especially seeing as though we never ever discuss what our predictions are going to be. So they're all off off our own back, um, live, so to say. So, yeah, I find that very interesting. And especially how say... close both me and Nadia are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, that if, I think if Kittle played... It will be. We'll score way more points than this. Um, I don't think they have anything to stop him if he's fully fit and he's playing. And Jordan, with the performance Jordan Reed put on on, on Sunday, I think we'll score the probably thirty easily, easily thirty-five points. But I, I don't think he will. So that's why I went for twenty. No, I don't think you'll play. I think I think it's a huge unnecessary risk to play him this Sunday. I think they'll. I think we won't know until Sunday, and it's purely mind games, right? I, I don't yeah. think Carl is gonna say anything to anyone. It's same with Jimmy. You'll hear that he might play until Sunday, just purely to um, to keep the Giants on their toes um, and not being able to prepare, because that's way more tape they'll have to chew if they have to watch Mullins and Jimmy and Kittle and no Kittle. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think at all. Or Jimmy will play. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Okay, thank you guys. I'm, 
I am actually feeling a little bit more relaxed about Sunday after that. <laughs> um, it, it's been yeah. chewing us all week since since the Jets game and the injuries, and uh, just been feeling deflated for the last four days. But yeah, that that has actually uh, helped in our therapy. Do you session. think? Um, do you think the the injuries? Do you think? They were a result of of, of the turf, as, as people are saying, or do you think it's mm-hmm. um, the so, fact that the, the, the preseason was non-existent, so they've kind of had to go from zero to a hundred, and and then the bodies have just kind of gone into shock, and that's how the injuries have occurred. So, as far as Borsa's injuries are concerned, no, I'm not going to say it's the field because the way the offensive lineman went over on his leg and yeah. twisted it. That, that would happen on any field. So I, yeah. I, I think that's just one of those things. Solomon Thomas, I didn't really see the injury. I, I've never gotten a good look at it, even though I've rewatched the game several times. And I can't see where he's getting injured. I just see him on the floor. So I can't comment on that. However, I think, I think that injury, one was more of a non-contact injury, that one, yeah, I reckon. Even yeah, though there was, was contact yeah. involved, I don't, think, I don't think it was the contact that caused it. I, I think yeah. both Most and Coleman, purely because of the way they run, and the fact that all the players had turned around and said before the game had even started, the field was really sticky. They hadn't uh, soaked the field like you, you normally do with AstroTurf. I think potentially both of their injuries was caused by the field. Mm. Yeah, I think players don't say it. Uh, they wouldn't say it if it wasn't somehow somewhat true. Um, I don't. I think the, the narrative can easily spring up from somebody thinking something. Um, I think it might have had an impact, but I think I think you're right, Adam. The preseason, the fact that they arrived in New York Friday night at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that. So essentially Saturday morning, um, uh, and and didn't rest properly, definitely played a part. I think just the you know jet lag, no preseason, um, playing full game four contact after playing 82 snaps. Uh, the week before against a very good Cardinals defense. I think it's a lot of everything more than just one thing. If the, if the NFL said the stadium's fine, then, you know, the stadium's fine. There's, there's not really any metri- any, anything you can do about it. Um, I think it's just unfortunate. And I think the league has proven as well. If, if you look at everybody, if you look at the Broncos, and obviously the Giants were playing this week, and, you know, the Chargers, uh, even though that's more of a, Human error, you know. There's players going down left, right, and center. There's lower big names are gone, um, and they don't play on turf or or whatever. So I, th- I think it's a combination of everything. For unfortunately, it just happened to us um, that week, um, and ho- hopefully we can. The good thing is our schedule is somewhat weak. Um, until until the Rams. So hopefully we can pull all of this behind us and it'll make us stronger. As I said, I think if we go all the way, if we make the playoff and the, it'll make it even sweeter after the beginning of the season that we had. Because going 6-0 is fine, but the only, you know, going through adversity and playing, having your bench playing well and everybody rising up to the challenge is, is even better, I think. It's a good story, a big good story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll, but, be a, uh, it'll make a, a better... 2020 Super Bowl victory film. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean you're right. And anyone who um, who loves the game has watched the game for a long time or even played game. You, you would take uh, 
squeaking into the playoffs and winning the Super Bowls and going 16-0 and 0 and getting knocked out in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why we enjoyed last season so much, though, wasn't it? Like we said, we didn't expect to go on this run. And I remember up in Edinburgh when we met up for the Saints game. I mean, obviously, what a game that was, but that could have gone either way. Season. Yeah, could have, yeah. yeah, like... Uh, I mean, someone said on our group thread, if only we'd videoed our reaction when Robbie Gold's kick went over, we definitely would have been on that 49er video of that the release <laughs> oh, yeah, reaction definitely. around the world. And I think that's where my expectations gone back for this season. I've gone back to being a bit like the underdog. Because let's face it, last year, even towards the run-up to the playoffs, people were still writing us off, well, no, you've played nobody, Jimmy's nobody, you're just a running team. And I, th- I agree with everyone, it'd be nice if we you know, sneak in and then go all the way, make a better story for sure. Yeah, good memories of Edinburgh. (laughs) Right, guys, thank you very much. It's been great. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to you guys, the listeners, who make this worthwhile. We will be back on Monday with the Giants Review Show. If you haven't already done so, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcasts when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49er Faithful UK. Until Monday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. The San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick We're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget